Well, hi, Joan. This is great to have some minutes to talk to you about publishing your book, your project for Oak Hills Christian College, and excited to be working with you on this. So I'm going to just pass it over to you and let you just ask away. Well, Marnie, thank you for allowing me to ask you some questions and experience some of your knowledge that's very helpful to me in terms of moving forward with this project. So uh, the, the first step, this is a history book of Oak Hills Christian College that we've had one of our faculty, Emeriti, who has been uh, working diligently on this book for about four years. And our next stage, I guess, would be who do we go to to format or design the book? And, um, you know, I'm not sure what language, you know, is correct in terms of when you're talking about a book, but we need somebody that can uh, take the words and the footnotes and whatever pictures we decide we want in the book and help us create a really attractive book that our alumni and people who know about Oak Hills would be interested in reading. Right. Okay. So let's go ahead and kind of dissect that question just a little bit because it's, it's actually several questions. So first of all, you have a formatting uh, question. So the book needs to be formatted, and that's a little different than layout. So, and okay. I will we'll address both of those. But the first one is formatting, and in my ebook, um, ebooks idea to Amazon in 14 days, on pages 52 and 53, I really go through the formatting before you ever send it to a layout. Um, editor, you are going to have it formatted. And pretty mm -hmm. much the, the last step will be to send it to the layout person. And they're going okay. to put the pieces into the pages in InDesign usually to make it look like a professional book. You can also, with self-publishing, you can actually do a PDF, but it's not going to look like a professional book. If you just do a PDF, it's going to look like um, it's going to look like a report, <laughs> but yes, a book sure. is laid out differently. It's, it's laid out with face pages. It's quite a complex process actually to get it to look very professional. And I do mm -hmm. encourage you to use a layout and I'll talk to you about that in a minute. So anyways, page 52 and 53 of the ebook is going to go through that you have to have these particular things done. For example, you're going to select one font that's going to carry all the way through the process. I checked with my layout guy, and he uses Berkeley 1114 size, but you're going to probably want to use like an Arial or a Calibri, something that's very clean and crisp, and that's going to easily translate over into the Berkeley or whatever clear font your layout uh, person uses. So once you have that font selected, you're going to make sure that every piece of font in your <laughs> document is the same one. So you're just going to go over it all and just change it all to that font. Now it is possible that when you're doing the layout work, you're going to say, you know, for the title headings, we do want to have a little fancier heading or, you know, a different size of text or font or something like that. That's, that's part of the layout. But for the document, you want to have it all the same. Then you're also going to want to use exactly the same type of indentations. So you're going to have to make decisions like, um, are we indenting each paragraph or are we leaving a space between each paragraph? Are we um, indenting lists, uh, five points with bullet 
dots or um, when it is a numbered list, are we doing something different there? Uh, is the bullet or the number highlighted or bolded or is it the same as the rest of the font? These kind of decisions have to be made before you can ever talk to a layout person. Okay. Okay. So and is there an expert that could just take the book and make this happen for us? Yes, you can definitely pay for that to be done. And where I would go would be to Upwork. Um, Upwork.com is going to provide you with outsourcers who do that very reasonably. Uh, the, what I found, and uh, in the book eBooks, <laughs> Ideas at Amazon in 14 Days, I really go through this. I mean, I have used everybody from you know a former uh, major publishing house uh, layouter all the way to the Philippines $5 an hour layouter. And honestly, the Philippines one really did a better job for me. First of all, um, he was on time. He did what needed to be done without any hand-holding, without any prompting, without any pushing. The price was – I can't even tell you the difference in the price. The price was probably one-tenth of what – um, the the major publishing house guy was charging me. And the guy that I had from the major publishing house never did get it done. And so all the money that I paid in there um, went for nothing. So I think that for me, when I, I always use Upwork and I find wonderful people there, there are, some, there are some criteria for that. That would be a different conversation. So I'm just going to jot that down. Criteria for... Um, for hiring outsourcers, and that's also in the book eBooks, Ideas, Amazon in 14 Days. But for now, just know that you can actually find someone once you make the decisions. So you have to make the decisions. So okay. let's go ahead and think about how you're going to make decisions like that, how you're going to make decisions about the size of your book, how you're going to make decisions about whether you go black and white or color, and how you're going to make decisions about what kind of a cover you have. Because even when you get somebody to help you, the reality is you're going to have to make all the decisions. They can only take it from decision to completion, okay? So okay. what you need to do, here's, here's my best number one advice for anybody with any kind of book that you're coming out with. You're going to go to a bookstore, a major bookseller, or to a public library, and you're going to go to their new release section, to the newest, just hot off the press books, and you're going to just start looking through them. You're going to look at the covers. You're going to look at the back cover. You're going to look inside. You're going to look at how they laid out their indented lists. You're going to look at how they laid out their photos. Did they have color? Did they have black and white? Um, and you need to make the decisions based on what feels like a good fit for your project based on what is currently best practices. So with that piece of advice, are you pretty clear about how to decide to go forward with your you know, with your template and with your process there? I think so. Um, you know, much of what I do in my work at Oak Hills is just a constant stream of decisions. Right. You know, so that, <laughs> yes, is what that is. <laughs> I'm really good at that. I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> I know, exactly, exactly. And what's, beautiful, and what's beautiful is that you don't have to reinvent any wheels. In, in all of those books that you're going to touch, uh, you know, unless you pick up a fiction book, it isn't going to be quite the same. Um, you're going to want to look for a book that's similar to yours. And if you can't find one in the new releases, just talk to the person there and ask them for a recent release, something that's been released in the last few years. That's a similar type of book to yours. And, you know, um, when, 
I remember doing this the first time cookbooks and um, there were so many choices, but there were some books that when I felt them, when I held them, when I looked through them, they just felt right to me. And that's really what you're looking for. That book was published and that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the one that feels right, that looks right, that has the right sense to it. And then you know what you can do is you can really just jot down exactly what they did, make any little tweaks to it, and you're, you're on your way. Okay. Um, so I'm still, I have to admit that I'm still just a little bit confused as far as I, I want to clarify with you the formatting and the layout. So yeah. if I'm hearing you correctly, I'm going to figure out how we're going to format it, and we're going to actually format some of these things. At least the decisions are going to be made before it ever gets to a designer right. or before exactly. it ever gets to somebody that's going to lay it out. Yeah. Yep. And the layout guy, he really can actually just take your input. It's just going to take him longer. So it just depends. You know, I mean, if you're going to if you're going to pay the layout guy to do all that for you, it's just going to, you know, if he's the big bug guy, you don't want to have that happen. You want to have it be ready for him. But if he's got reasonable pricing, sure, just tell him, you know, I want all my lists okay. this way. I want, it. you know, and and with my guy that I'm going to recommend to you here, um, Surrender Gupta, he I he will actually do it for you very reasonably. You don't really have to have a second person he can do it for you but if you're hiring a typical layout person yeah you're going to want to have that all done before they ever see it okay so the person that you're going to recommend can take our word document once we have it formatted correctly in terms of all of the fonts need to be the font needs to all be the same um same size uh choose making choices about indentation but then he is going to be able to take that document and add pictures to it? Well, if you have notation, so you would have to put like a bracket and say uh, okay. photo, photo AB1272 goes here, you know? Um, okay. And then you have to say, is it going to take up the whole page? Is it going to be uh, tucked into the left or the right of the text there? You know, I mean, you, have to, you, really, you really have to do a lot of that thinking ahead or you can just send it and say, do your best job, don't firm it up, and then send it back. So his first mm-hmm. drafts are not going to be on the left-right pages, but his final mm-hmm. draft will be on left-right pages, and any changes after that point are going to be very costly. Okay. All right. That kind of helps me get a, a better handle on formatting and designing. Um, we didn't cover the part about a cover design, Right. Okay. Your cover design. Once again, um, I would I would hire somebody from um, Upwork to do the cover design, but I would have the cover design pretty much roughed out how you want it, and you would just be sending them, you know, this is this is my concept, this is my idea, and they would make it into a reality. But it would be your mm-hmm. concept and idea. The problem with, and, and I've actually tried it both ways. <laughs> I, I have a wonderful artist that I usually use through Upwork also, Paul, and I can um, send you his email as well. But um, the problem with sending even somebody as fantastic as Paul uh, a, an idea without uh, clear photos, without clear layout, mm-hmm. is that he can spend, you know, an hour, three hours, five hours, send me back what he thought I might like, and I can hate it. I mean, just right. 
hate it. And I just lost all that time. If I would have just taken a little time of my own up front, uh, we can go pretty directly there. And then it's just tweaks. And tweaks are very easy to do compared to complete relays. Yep. And so let me just put something out there. I have a wonderful relationship with a graphic designer who has done um, a majority of the um, publications, not publications, that's not quite what I want to say, but um, appeal letters. Uh, she sure, handled sure. All, of, all of the collateral for an event that we had recently. So she's somebody that I have a good rapport with. Uh, hiring somebody like that would, would accomplish the same thing. Oh, a graphic designer could could do a cover design very oh, absolutely. well. Absolutely. What you're looking for is a high-quality image. That's really all you need is a high-quality JPEG that's got, you know, a large DPI, maybe like 300 um, a DPI quality where it's going to, even if it's blown up very big, it looks terrific. And okay. so... Once you have your person in mind, then you can say, you know, you did these things for me before. I like that feel. I like this feel. I like that feel. Let them play with it. And, yeah, I mean, she's got a great advantage because she already kind of knows your style. Yes, exactly. Um, And then let's move on now to to thinking about um, the role of a copy editor or an editor. Um, We have had the, the writer of the book has been having the chapters edited by um, people who know Oak Hills very well. So it's gone right. through a couple of people even to get it to this point. Sure. And so as far as that kind of editing, I feel like we're fairly close to where we want to be. Do you use an editor when you write books? Is that something you would recommend even though we really have been able to probably accomplish that with some of our in-house it's not in-house staff exactly, but it's, it's volunteers who have been willing to help us. I really do. And the reason is because um, there's, a, there's a level of expectation when someone's reading a published book. <laughs> and the level of expectation is that this has been through the editing process. So let me, just, let me just run through the editing process with you real quickly. And this is off of pages 58 and 59 in the book. But you have the proofreaders who identify and correct typos, punctuation, misspelled words, and inconsistencies in formatting. A lot of that can be done, you know, with friends. Then you have copy editors who proof for all of the above, plus they identify any errors in capitalization, word usage, and tone, making sure that the tone works all the way through. Then you have the full-scale editors, uh, sometimes called the hard or heavier developmental editors. They were looking for overall congruity. They report on the readability, the believability, the consistency. They note anything that brings a red flag to their mind, like, okay, you're saying that, but I don't know if it's true. I don't have any proof that this is true. They watch for unnecessary repetition, for cumbersome phraseology, for other writing death traps. And then you've got the formatting editors who tackle the nuts and bolts, like the page margins, the line spacings, the indentations, the end notes, the heading settings, sizes, the references, and the citations. And then you have the technical editors. And those are the fact checkers. Those are the whistleblowers. Those are the ones who can spot an exaggeration and weed it out before you go to press. The, the key editing concepts are and there's five of them. Redundancy. Did you share the same concept more than once? And if so, did you note the previous mention? Order. Does the content work as arranged or would a different flow help the reader? Balance. Do your chapters feel equally weighted? 
Have you combined or broken down extremes? Patterns. Have you maintained a clear pattern throughout the book? If most of your chapter titles begin with a verb, all of them need to begin with a verb. In most chapters begin with a quote, all of them need to begin with a quote. Citations. Decide how to notate your citations and where to put your reference notes and always do it the same way. So those are the editing things. And like I, was, I interviewed yesterday a gal on uh, my radio talk show, and she's talking about um, proofreading, um, proofreading mistakes to avoid and, and the proofreading tactics to get your book to do well. And she's the type of person that can take and do all of these in one read. That's the kind of editor you need. <laughs> you need somebody Absolutely. that's really a pro. Editing is expensive, and you can do it uh, separately. I have, a, I have an editor that I've used for several of my books that's just a fantastic editor, again, through Upwork. She just works very reasonably, and uh, she just does great work. She really watches for all of these things as well. And so I think, I think editing, to me, is one of the most important parts of it, and it's one of us, one of them that we all want to skip and kind of say, you know, well, we had people read over it, but because people's expectation is that it will be done right, um, it's just an uncomfortable feeling to read a book that hasn't been well edited. Yes, absolutely. Um, so my my next question, and and I'm not necessarily asking these. Uh, in the correct order, but yeah, that's fine. When you, when you think about this book, uh, it's a history book. We have some pictures that would be black and white, and some pictures that would be color. Uh, should we, you know, what are the pros and cons of going with color photographs as we have them available? Does it add so much to the cost that we should consider not doing that? Okay, so let's talk about printing and distribution for a minute. So the, basically the printer distributor that I recommend to everybody is Lightning Source, lightningsource.com. And the reason is because Lightning Source is the place that does it all anyway. <laughs> so when you, um, they are the main distributor of books in the world. And so whether you're printing through here or there or another place, it's mostly going to go through them anyway. So what you do is you eliminate the middleman there and you go directly to the main publisher, the main distributor. They will serve as your publisher and distributor. They don't offer like technical services like a traditional publisher would. They don't offer the editing or formatting or anything like that. But when you have your book ready to go, they will serve as your distributor for you and they will do the printing and they will do one copy at a time or a hundred or whatever. And so it's a wonderful situation. Um, once you know who you're going to have publish your book, and again, I would suggest Lightning Source, then you will begin to look at pricing. And because I knew your I knew your project a little bit before we talked, Joan, I did go ahead and just run some of their pricing for you so that you oh, and wonderful. others listening to this can have kind of a ballpark idea. So my size of book that I do is a typical paperback book, and mine is just a little bigger uh, than, say, a novel. Mine is a typical uh, how-to book size. So I always go with a 5.5 by 8.25 inch book. Um, if you do a black and white, and you said, you know, 253, 300 pages, we, I just went with the 300 pages. If you did a black and white at that size, it would cost $5.35 per book for them to print and distribute it. If you go with color at that size, it's $8.32. That's your cost okay. 
per book. Okay. Uh, there's also a setup fee, I think $75 or something like that. It's very minimal. And then if you went with an 8.5 by 11, which is probably more like what you guys are looking for is a bigger format because of the nature of a history book. If you went with right. that, a 300 page black and white would be 723. And by the way, these prices are today, which is 2016, early 2016. Uh, color pricing on an eight and a half by 11 for 300 pages would be $10.20. And if you went up to a hardcover color book and cover, you're looking at 1485. So, okay. you know, it's just a matter of how much do people want to pay? How much do you think people are willing to yep. pay? How much do you need yep. to make off of it? And then you make your decision. Okay. That's good to know. Now, as we're speaking about the hardcover versus softcover, is it an option to have, like, if somebody wanted a hardcover? Or is right. that a totally so different would, book? So you would, and, and this brings up the ISBN numbers. So you're going to have to get your own ISBN number. If you don't go through a regular publisher, if you go through Lightning Source, you come to them with your ISBN number. And I've included there the place to get that. It's over at myidentifiers.com. You can buy one ISBN number for $125. You can buy 10 for 295 And you have to have a different one for hardcover, uh, softcover, okay ebook, whatever. You have to have a different one. So you're just going to buy 10. (laughs) That's just how it's going to go. Okay. Uh Um, So once you have your ISBN, then yes, you can actually do, then it's just like the upcharge for um, the upcharge for uploading one extra book. So it's really no big deal. Yeah. All right. Well, we kind of then um, let me ask this question then is an an ISBN absolutely necessary and I mean from some of the things that you've told me if I want to have it in these different formats and have a wider distribution and have somebody else take care of it then the answer is yes. If we went with a different route where we had a a printer print it for us then would an ISBN be necessary? No, an ISBN is necessary if you're printing it um, for public consumption. So, for example, if you ever wanted a store to carry it or Amazon or anything like that to carry it, you would have to have an ISBN. Uh, And I I guess I would encourage you for the $300, I would encourage you to get one. Um, It just, it's just going to make it, um, it's going to make it a real book. (laughs) <laughs> it's right. a, a, real book. a real again a real book and a real <laughs> so and for the price you know the the thing with the thing with it is that you know once you once you go to this level to do it you might as well make it available to people who don't come to your location right. you know, put it on amazon yeah. let people find it right and the other okay. thing you know i i um the ebook formatter ebook formatting is a whole nother as a whole nother beast. <laughs> so you have your book layout person, uh, maybe Surendra or whoever, and then you have your ebook formatter. And we haven't talked about times yet either. I just wanted to address that shortly too here. Um, your ebook formatter will take four to six weeks to format the e- ebook. Okay. And I recommend and e- after e- we have uh, a <laughs> book. Oh, perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. When I okay. did, when I wrote eBooks, I did Amazon in 14 days. Um, well, I did actually, I shouldn't say that. I did actually have this formatted. This actually was formatted. It wasn't formatted as nice as the books that take longer 
to do. But it's definitely nicer than a book that you could do like on your computer and PDF it and, Uh you know, submit it. So, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all about quality. You're going to, you know, do you want it to look like a real published book or do you want it to look like, you know, a self-published book? Sure. Um, Let's see. Um, Well, you kind of answered my question as far as that the formatting of the e-book does not come naturally along with the design or formatting of the physical book. Right. And I like to use I like to use Lightning Source and eBooks to go. Um, eBooks to go is and it's the number two in there, eBooks digit two go dot net. Um, both of these places do the distribution for you. So so that you would say it's gonna be available in Amazon, it's gonna be available at, mm-hmm. you know, um, Barnes and Noble, whatever. Um, they're going to do it for you. So it's really sweet okay. that way. Once you set up the account with them, mm-hmm. um, they take care of the the distribution that way. Now, they don't take care of distribution to bookstores. It's easy for a bookstore to order your book from them because they okay. are the number one distributor. So any bookstore, Christian, regular bookstore, sure. can order your books for people who come in okay. and say, I want this. Can you get it for me? Yes, they can because okay. you're with the main distributor. But you won't automatically show up in a Barnes & Noble. Okay, I get it. Okay. Um, is there... So just to be clear, on copyrights and the ISBN numbers, are those two different things? Does the ISBN, okay, is it necessary to have a copyright and how do I accomplish that? Okay, when you buy your ISBN, it is possible to just add a copyright to that. Um, And there's an upcharge of like $50 or $70 or something like that. I... I don't personally do um, paid copyrights myself. I have proof that I had the book first. Um, I mean, it would be pretty tough for somebody to prove that they had my book prior to the dates on my computer, you know, (laughs) and my publication dates. And the book itself should have a copyright page in it, and you just build that, again, based on what you see in other books. Just build your own. Uh, So the, the, the deal with a copyright is if you really... If you really are committed to keeping this very protected, to taking people to court if they, you know, use a paragraph or 10 out of it, um, if you're that committed to it, then definitely buy the copyright. If you are at the level like where I am, where I'm just going to say, you know, probably if somebody uses something out of my book, I'm not going to take them to court anyway. <laughs> so, you know, okay. it, it has a copyright in there. Um, they, I would be able to prove in a court of law that I had it first if I ever went that sure. far. So then to me, okay. the extra $60, $70 isn't worth it. But if it, if it okay. is worth it, you then do it. Okay. Um, so when you talked about some costs in terms of, printing the book or printing yep. and distribution from Lightning Source. How about cost for formatting or designing the book, the layout of the book? So the fellow yep. that you have mentioned a couple of times, what would the cost and and what if what if we were looking at more more help? So we're sending him right. because we don't really know what we're doing, we're sending him right. and we're assuming that we're going to have to have multiple right. drafts. 
Right. So he is going to work by the hour. And so it's just going to add up however many hours it takes. And I was going to just figure this out backwards here. So for mine, I sent him mine, um, which my last one here. um, Let's see. My last one here is 248 pages. And it's the five, you know, five and a half by eight and a half size. And it has no color well it does have some color photos in it 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 does have some black i mean sorry black and white photos in it so and it has a it has a nice design and it took him about 55 zero hours okay to to get that really done to my satisfaction where where okay. i loved it and the other thing i think i want to say here right now no matter who you're working with no matter what project no matter which level of the project you are going to have to own it you are going to have to actually follow up and look at it and make sure that it's done correctly. You can't just give it to these professionals and assume that it's going to be done professionally all the way through cover to cover. People make mistakes. They, they, um, they change something on page 22 that automatically changed something on 48 and they didn't remember that that would happen. I mean, there's things that, there's things that go wrong. And if you aren't owning it, you'll end up unhappy. So, um, you know, it's the difference between having a company publish it for you where they really have a staff of 12 to 20 people who work on your book. <laughs> you know, that's the downside of self-publication. You're all 12 to 20. <laughs> so. Um, so you had indicated that he took about 50 hours. Was it over uh, like a five-week time period? Was it over a three-week time period over a two-month time period? Well, he depending on his workload with other projects, he's very fast. Um, if he doesn't have other projects going, he can usually get that 50 hours done in a couple of weeks, two and a half weeks, um, okay. you know, depending on what all other projects he has going on. So, um, and, you know, for just that part of it, you're looking, I think right now with his rate, what it is today, I think you're looking at about $750, you know, but again, that was, that was pretty well formatted for him. Sure. I get it. Um, are there any things that we have not talked about today that really we should be considering as first time book publishers? I think the main one that I wanted to mention to you was um, the the plagiarism t- checker. Um, it's at Grammarly.com, plagiarism underscore checker. And if you just search Google for plagiarism checker, I think it comes up like first. What you can do there is one chapter at a time. You can just put your work through that and you can make sure that you're not uh, – breaking any laws <laughs> because okay. that's, that's the worst thing is to have your book published and then to get a lawsuit. <laughs> this is not what we want. Sure. Nobody wants this. Sure. But sometimes right. you don't know. Um, you don't know that a certain phrase or paragraph or whatever is already published. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And so you think, you, you know, you just wrote it or you heard it somewhere or something, but you do have to check that. And then there's okay. rules again, uh, page 42. And, and, and if you have to get a waiver citation on page 148 of the book, the waiver citation is right in there. So you can just use that to ask for permission. Um, okay. Uh, the other thing you can do is just change the phraseology and, and just make sure. it passes the plagiarism checker. Okay. Yeah. Well, Marnie, this is, has been incredibly helpful. Um, 
it's it maybe a little discouraging. My mind. <laughs> <laughs> All it's I can think of her. is that, Marnie, I want you to own this book. <laughs> I know, right, right, right. Yeah, you know, you know, and you may, and you may, and you may, in the end, need to find a a book publishing shepherd for it, um, someone who would volunteer their time at this point. You know, you give them this recording, you give them the ebooks idea to Amazon, and you give them the manuscript and, and the notes that you have, you know, of getting a hold of, you know, who I do my cover through, who I do the editing through, who I do the publishing through, all that kind of stuff, the shortcuts that will help them to do it faster, and that will help. But it is just a lot of work, you know, and then once the book is published, which we haven't talked about today at all, but once the book is published, you know, then you have the next step, which is to, you know, get the word out. And you guys have a nice built-in, <laughs> you guys have a nice built-in audience for this book right. um, just unlike like someone who's written a novel you basically have family and friends and then you're out of luck <laughs> so right. you know, uh, you, know much harder. Uh, you guys have a nice built-in audience and so I feel like that's not going to be um, as stressful for you for most authors that's when the real work begins is after the book sure. is published, if you can believe it so uh, it's it's all a lot of work but it's really a wonderful it's a it's a wonderful thing. It's amazing that we can do it ourselves now. That we can actually do it. Is. It. Yeah, it is. Um, well, Marnie, thank you so much for your time. I I think that's about it for my questions, and I just appreciate your expertise and and help with this history book for Oak Hills Christian College. Uh, well, thanks, Joan, and God bless you on the project. Thank you.